We have spent some time this fall thinking about covenant and considering how God is faithful to us. We've heard several stories of that so far. This week, we're going to switch gears and consider how we are faithful in our covenant to God. So we've seen how God is faithful to us. Now we're going to think about what it looks like for us to be faithful to God. And even if you didn't grow up in church, our text for this morning is going to be familiar to you. It is the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. We're going to start in chapter 19, which is page 117 in the Bibles that are there in the pew racks in front of you. If you're using a different version than those, it's going to be on a different page. So it's the second book of the Bible. There's a table of contents at the front of the book if you need a little bit of help finding it. But if you start at the very beginning and just go right for a little bit, you'll get there pretty quick. The Ten Commandments are the guidelines for life given to the ancient Hebrews after they've been liberated from bondage in Egypt. These descendants of Abraham and Sarah are inheritors of the covenant with God. They are blessed to be a blessing but currently find themselves wandering in the wilderness. For 400 years, they have been living outside of the land of their ancestors, trying to keep their traditions alive in a culture that was determined to squash them. There is no one in their entire community who knows what it feels like to be free. No one. But suddenly they are. No Pharaoh to fear, no masters to obey, just the God of their ancestors speaking through the prophet Moses and doing miracles, sometimes right at the last minute. The question for these people now is who are they going to be? Who will God be to them in this new phase of life? What does living in God's covenant look like for them now? So will you listen now in the reading of scripture for the word and the wisdom of God? Then Moses went up to God who called from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders elders of the people and set before them all the words that the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. And God spoke all these words. This is chapter 20. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Remember, that is God's main identity all the way through the Old Testament. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Accounting the sins of the parents to the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. We'll talk more about that another time, but the thing I want to point out there is that God's love is like 250 times more powerful than God's discipline. 
You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses God's name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. From strength to strength, may we be strengthened. Thanks be to God. A covenant is a sacred commitment to relationship, initiated by God on behalf of the other, and it shapes our identity and our conduct. There are several covenants in the Old Testament, but the ones that everyone agrees are important are these five. One, after the flood, where God covenants with all of creation to never destroy creation again. Two, with Abraham and Sarah, that they are blessed to be a blessing and that the whole world will be blessed through them. And this morning, we read the third one. At Sinai, in the desert, God makes a covenant with the ancient Hebrew people. And this one seems to involve a lot more rules than any of the others have. As we have said several times already this fall, when there's a lot of rules, it can start to feel more like a contract than a covenant. We begin to ask, is this a transaction? Have we switched things up here? Do these people, do we have to do these 10 things in order to be in good with God? Some Christians would say yes. You can read it that way. But I think if we look at the whole story of God's people, there is a different way to understand what is happening in these Ten Commandments. You remember how we said a few weeks ago that in covenant, belonging shapes behavior? If you have to earn your way in, that is not a covenant. In a covenant, the relationship comes first. And the relationship shapes our identity and our conduct. In this case, being in relationship with God shapes who we are and how we live. So what does it mean? What does it look like for us to keep a covenant with God? How are we to walk humbly with our God? Well, first we have to ask what kind of a relationship we have with God. And remember, covenant is all of us together. Obviously, we live it out personally, but this covenant is not individual. 
At the core of God's covenant with us is God's commitment to us. Before we have done anything, God calls us blessed and declares that we will be a blessing. If the idea of being blessed and being a blessing shapes who we are, then we can start thinking about what blessed blessing people act like in the world. And there is where I think we get to the Ten Commandments. These are not things that we have to do to be in good with God. These are things we choose to do because we already are in good with God. In this story, we have people who have lived for hundreds of years in bondage. They have not had any freedom. And if you read the whole story really closely, it seems to indicate that they don't even remember necessarily that they had a covenant with God. And now suddenly they're free. And so the first thing that God needs to remind them is that freedom itself is not a theological virtue. We have to choose what we do with our freedom. Being in covenant shapes our choices. Covenant is not bondage. Covenant is boundaries. And boundaries are good. You know this, right? We hear a lot about boundaries these days. The boundaries we choose for ourselves keep the good in and the bad out. Boundaries are healthy. And as we all know, healthy relationships have boundaries. Boundaries on what is appropriate within the relationship and also boundaries on what is appropriate because of the relationship. Marriage is the obvious example here. Sam and I just had our fourth wedding anniversary on Thursday. And there are a lot of things that I don't do because I'm married. I chose that relationship. And so I chose those boundaries. And they are good. Here's the beautiful irony. Ultimately, boundaries give us more freedom. God is not limiting what the people can do here. God is helping them to understand the parameters in which they will experience the most freedom and the most safety. The purpose of the Ten Commandments are freedom and safety. Pastor Kara shared a paraphrase of the Ten Commandments with me this week. I want you to hear them. I know some of you have already seen them. But as I read these, I want you to think about how free and how safe you would feel if you lived in a community where everyone kept these boundaries. Ready? So remembering who you are and who you belong to, these are our boundaries. First, Practice loyalty to the sacred. Second, remember every image of God is only just a glimpse. Third, do not use God's name to do harm. Fourth, 
Americans, do not allow productivity to dominate your life. Fifth, care for those who have cared for you. Can you feel the freedom and the safety in this? If everyone did this? Sixth, do not be unnecessarily destructive. Seventh, be faithful to the commitments that you make. Eight, do not take what doesn't belong to you. Ninth, do not hinder justice from coming to fruition. Tenth, do not use power over others to get what you want. Thanks be to God. What a world it would be if we all chose to live with freedom within those boundaries. Now, sometimes people make it sound like those who choose to live without limits are having more fun. Teens, you know what I'm talking about. Usually this is related to things like drugs and alcohol and sex and money. It is important to remember, especially as people of faith, that it is not our job to impose our boundaries on other people. Everyone gets to choose for themselves. But beloved people, life without boundaries is not more fun. Life without boundaries, whether they be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, it is not amusing, it is exhausting. It is dangerous for our bodies and our minds and our spirits. We choose boundaries so that, thank God, we know when to stop. God never forces us into a relationship. God woos us and invites us into something beautiful and redemptive, and we always get to choose whether we want to say yes. And when we say yes, these are the basic boundaries for a life of freedom. These are the mold that shapes us into the kind of people who are blessed to be a blessing. That is the kind of community that God desires for the world and that God calls us to model. Freedom within the boundaries of a covenant. We are committed to God and to one another. Amen. As Brian comes back to the piano, let's take a moment together to listen for our still speaking God, however it is that God speaks to you personally. You may need to get settled this morning. You may need to untwist yourself, maybe put your feet flat on the floor. You may want to put your hands facing palms up on your lap in an attitude of receiving. You may want to close your eyes to block out distractions, or you may want to pick a place in one of these beautiful windows and let your eyes gently rest on those colors. Let us take a deep breath together.
It's physically impossible for your body to be tensed up if you're just naturally exhaling. So take a breath. Breathe in God's spirit. Release your anxiety. And listen for the voice of our still speaking God. Maybe you've been living without boundaries and God is speaking to you today about where you need to set some limits. Or maybe you've forgotten who you are and to whom you belong. And God is reminding you today that you are loved and chosen and safe and free. of the covenant, we thank you that you are so faithful to us. Would you give us the wisdom to understand what it looks like to become ever more faithful to you? 